Hey, it's Brian. Welcome to Heart to Heart. I am so excited for our 11th episode with our guest, Tay Smith. Born into the music industry, Tay has the entertainment business in his blood. And now as co-owner of Smith Young Talent Agency, he has made the pivotal move from managing music artists to placing actors in film and television roles. You need to have a desire and passion to make it in show business, and Tay is a testament to that. Be sure to listen to Tay's insider scoop on what it's like in the booming Southeast market. And before you listen, you've got to grab our backstage pass because it is packed with Tay's top tips, insider advice, and additional resources that will give you a competitive edge. You can grab the backstage pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com. Hey, like as you know, for our listeners, you know, you, you are you're an agent at you know uh, Smith Young Talent Agency, and you come to our Atlanta trips. And as I as I told you, but for all our listeners, you truly are one of the gems that we have, and you know we always love having you. And it's a personal pleasure, like you know when you attend, and you've such like a giving spirit. So I just love to you know hear a little bit about like how you and you're young too, and you're like you know a co-owner of this big agency, you know, in the Southeast with, you know, a, a division in LA now, I just wanted to hear how, you know, how you became you. Oh man. I, you know, originally I started in the uh, music business. So I was a manager first. So I kind of grew up around the music business. My dad was a music producer. So I grew up around some celebrities and things like that and in and out of recording studios and, you know, just around artists. I'll say that. So can I ask if with your dad, did he produce anybody that we might have heard their music? Yeah, so he produced mainly R&B group. So we were out of Baltimore. So uh, Drew Hill, songs with, with them, uh, another group, Rough Ends, all of them are like family to me. And, so, and, and he sold some uh, some songs to what's the rapper Nas. So yeah, he, he's been doing it for, for a while. So I kind of just grew up around it, like I said, in and out of recording studios and just around artists just in general. And I kind of think it goes hand in hand when it comes to artistry from television and film actors to, you know, singers or, or rappers and things like that and trying to merge the two. What do you think is so funny about how something like, let's just talk about, you know, music, right? Like, like rap. Everybody thinks of New York, but, and, and they think of LA, but they don't realize Baltimore. I mean, look at the, 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 the rapper who we still think is alive. You know, he, 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 <laughs> right. spent, he spent time in Baltimore. He, he, I think he was born in, in Brooklyn or. Born in Brooklyn. Went, and funny, fun fact is we actually went to the same elementary and middle school. Get out um, of town. I, I, ob- obviously not at the same time. But we went to the same elementary and middle school. We went to a school called Roland Park Elementary and Middle School combined. And so we used to always go in to the library that was in, in the actual school and used to see where he would sign out books when he was younger at the school. And did he, not, did he use not, his name Tupac or no? Yeah, that's his, that's his government name that he was born oh, with. get out of here. Whoa. So he, you would yep. see the That's incredible. Yeah. And, and what was it? Maybe a month, a month or two ago, somebody that I have no idea who, who it was. I don't know if their kid goes to the library or somehow they, they're part of the library, but they went back and saw some of the books and they actually put them on Facebook and said, wow, I didn't realize that he went to the school, but we knew you know, when I was growing up that he went to school because he was signing out books and, you know, some of the teachers said they knew they, they taught him. Unbelievable. That's incredible. <laughs> but you went to the same school and that school had a huge influence on him. It did. It did. Because he went from there in, you know, middle school and then he went to the School of the Arts. 
there. It was also where he met Jada Pinkett Smith. Now they went to the same school, but a lot of recording artists and, and actors went to that. And, and even actual artists that draw went to that same school. So it's a bit, it's a, it's a, it's a big, you know, hub. That Baltimore, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I get a, a lot of recognition. I'll say that. But, it, but, but believe me, I, I happen to be a, a big Baltimore Orioles fan. So I know about Baltimore. Oh, and so, yeah. And, and also like, I think, I don't know about you, but I think The Wire is probably one of the greatest shows ever, if not the greatest, on TV. It is. It is the most realistic. I I I I lived under those conditions, so the majority, I'll say, ninety percent of what they're saying is actually true. Like the whole well, structure of everything. Yeah. All right. There's an actor who was a one-on-one actor comes to me and he says, um, "You know, I really am having a trouble." Blah blah blah. I said, well, you know, go, go down and drop off your headshot to the casting director who's casting the show, right? He says, uh, it says, don't call, don't visit. I said, yeah, you know, rules are made to be broken. Long story short, he goes down for the wire, drops off his headshot. They call him in for an under five. Long story short, I don't know if you know the actor, Jamie Hector. Absolutely. So he played, he played uh, the, 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 like the scariest character on the whole show. It, yeah, under absolutely. five. Yeah. So uh, what, the, the reason I'm telling the story, you know, and, and this is great. It's, you know, you, it's all of us uh, is, is because there's an inspiration right there. He did it. He went from an under five to like a major player on that show. I had no idea that it started off as an under five, but those stories yeah. do have it. I keep telling people like, don't be offended if you get an under five or a co-star. I said, because we have several people that have gotten a co-star supposed to be a one-off and they're on like their eighth or 10th episode. So you just never know. I, I always say, as long as you can have your face on camera as many times as possible, you'll reap the benefits in the long run. And, um, and the way he yeah. played that role, you know, he was very quiet, but he was scary as anything. He was. He was. He was. He was like the kingpin uh, there. So that yeah, that, that was one of my favorite shows. And it, it's funny because years later, obviously, I'm doing what I'm doing now. I, I never thought that I would be doing this. I knew I'd be in entertainment somehow, but I never thought I would be an agent. At the same school that I was talking about where me and Tupac went at different times, I had a teacher there and I knew growing up that she was an actress. She didn't talk about it, but come to find out when I look back, oh, wait a minute, she was on The Wire. She played the district attorney. And I think it was the district attorney. Her name is uh, Susan Rome. And we had a love-hate relationship when I was growing up. But she was one of my she was one of my favorite teachers to this day, and I have not been able to connect with her to tell her, "Wow, you'll be surprised at what I'm doing now. We're kind of in the same industry." But yeah, it, it's it's so amazing how you know things coming back around full circle. Well, you know, so any anyway, I can only imagine because you know people who grew up in Philly they think they're tough. Baltimore people are even tougher. So you Absolutely. really you grew yeah. up in a very tough you know, thing. And so you, you know, you shined because, you know, you know, what's interesting, the music business, I, I mean, I come back to this story too many times for Brian, but he's going to hear it one more time. The, so the, the other day I'm listening to this podcast of this guy, Rick Rubin. Yeah. And, I know. yeah. And, and so Rick Rubin was just a, he was just a fan of music and he, he would go to Negril in New York and he just approached like cool Modi and said, listen, I love, I love your music. I want to get involved. And that's how he started. He didn't, he, he wasn't a producer. And that's, and, and what I'm getting at for you is, okay, so we want to hear your story about, you know, your dad was a producer and somehow you got into the music business, but you know what? 
it's incredible how Rick Rubin also, I think he also got involved somehow with comedians. And I used to book comedians. And there's something about once, once you have the desire, right? And once an actor has the desire and they say, I want to do this, you just apply that principle to anything you want. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we, we see it a lot. We definitely see it a lot. Just like I said, entertainment is, is a, a, at a whole, it, it kind of merges together at some point. And so what we ended up doing was, so my, my business partner, his name is Chris Young, and we've now, I'm trying to think, man, that is, I feel we've known each other for 16 years now, I believe. And he was in the music business. And how we connected is through relationships between my dad and other producers and coming down to see him for music stuff. And eventually he became a music business consultant for me because he's a little bit older than me. He had more success quicker than I had. So he had, uh, he was a manager as well. And he had managing writers for the most part, artists, but also actual writers for uh, music and they've won Grammys at this point, multiple Grammys at this point, you know, at the same time we were, we were, you know, running the same circles and we were like, you know, this, the music industry is going all the way downhill at this point. This is when like Napster started happening and LimeWire and mm-hmm. all the sales declined. And <laughs> yeah. That's all a blast this. my childhood. Like, right. I haven't heard oh. those terms in like 25 years. Right. So right when I was on the, the brink of, you know, major success in there, everything went crashing down. So we looked at each other and were like, listen, let's take these individuals that are music artists and turn them into television and film folk. And it worked. And one of the very first that was a rapper at first is Algie Smith, who is one of the series regulars on Euphoria. He played in a Detroit project, which I think it was Oscar nominated. All of those things. And we, and we booked him on all those except for the Euphoria project. So everything that launched him into being a celebrity at this point, we actually did. So we just took the mu- we just took music artists and started placing them. Well, you know it's funny, Tay. Um, I went out with this woman, and she she was friends with this band, uh, and she actually played with the, you know she had her own band, and they, she played in this band TV on the radio. Okay, I don't know right. if you ever heard of them, but she always said she goes, "You should get involved with you know with hip hop artists because they're perfect." perfect people to transition to acting and they all want to be yeah. actors. And so, and then that, you're telling the story and that's what you did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never thought of it that way, but once we started putting the pieces together, they, you know, a lot of hip hop, you know, you're in a recording booth, the whole process, you're acting out stuff that you're, that you've, that you've written, you know, most of the time. So with a little bit of tweaking, most of the time they end up being naturals. And, you know, a lot of them, honestly, some of them had coaching, like I said, to tweak some things, but it was just naturally had it. And, you know, what what they call them? Uh, triple threats. So they were able to, you know, sing, rap, act, dance, all these different variety of things that helped them become what they are today. So it's one and the same. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny, Tay, like she always said, the reason why you got to do this with them is because they have such desire to be on television and film. Now, yes. what I want to ask you is, uh, Brian and I always live by this slogan, you know, you, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. But if you don't have the person that has the desire, then you're wasting your time and everybody's wasting their time, right? Yep. Hey, it's Brian. I'm dropping in on an important announcement. What you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think. The thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections. And that's where one-on-one next level comes in. 
If you are not a member yet, you can apply to join at oneononenextlevel.com. Press pause and do that now. If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, we want to invite you to book a strategy session with us led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story. So I always say from, you know, this business is 30 years old and, 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 and so Brian and I were interviewing some people right now for a position and I always tell him, give me the less talented person mm-hmm. that has more desire. If you're looking for the person that has the most desire, desire wins out over anything. Wouldn't you say that's true? 100%. So since you said that, look, I have, I have stories for days. So yeah, even when, when even when when I was doing my thing in the music business, I had my I was a manager, so I had my set of recording artists, and I was so passionate about having success in there to where I would stay up all night making sure that I I did everything for for the company, you know. So owning owning my own company as soon as I turned eighteen legally, you know, I took on multiple jobs and I had, you know, other people to, to, to help as well that we kind of brought on to help. But even if it was out at one o'clock in the morning, hanging up signs, you know, contacting this, this record company, this A&R, taking trips, I was funding a lot of the trips. I had a grandparent that had passed away and left me an inheritance. So I took that and dumped it into the recording artist. But one thing that I, to get back to your story, the one thing that I did notice is that, wait a minute, I'm putting in way more work. So I was calling the recording artists to come to a free studio session that was already paid for. They wouldn't show up. You know, calling them to go out of town that's already paid for. They had something else they wanted to do. So all of these things, and it kind of just, all of that happened around the same time that I said, you know what? I'm doing way more than you are. I'm putting forth everything. I shouldn't want this more than you. So you need to find the person that has the desire that wants to do it. That wants, I, I remember watching something where they say you need to have the desire as bad as you want your next breath. Once I knew I was that person and they weren't, we kind of slowly uh, moved away. And then that's when all around the same time I went to television and film space. And it's so, no, no, no. And it's so valid with, you know, actors too. I, I you hear, you know, I mean, we deal with them and you deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely heard some reps. They tell that they, you know, in these showcases, they go, Hey, I will work just as hard as you, but I won't work harder. So it's like, if you're not going to show up to your appointment, if you're not going to send in yourself tape, if you're not going to show up on set, it's like, you know, and, and I think it's so good for our, you know, our listeners to hear it's that sometimes, you know, half the battle is showing up. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always a a clear difference in the person that treats as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, a part-time hobby versus the person that they've been desiring this since they were like kids and they're going to do everything that they can. We, we've, you can't imagine, well, I'm pretty sure actually you can't imagine the horror stories that we've witnessed and seen as far as, you know, actors going all out living in their cars because they wanted, you know, enough money to do self-tapes and to travel to to go to this audition and things like that you know, uh, not being able to afford a hotel. So they had a, a universal gym membership. So they're going to the gym in California or here, you know, where they can go and use the shower in there. So we've heard everything. Like I said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You probably already listened to it, but who's the comedian? He got a gig at the Apollo, but he's he's like, a, he's older now. And he, he, he got a game show. He's, it's like one of the most successful game shows. He's been on it for years. He's like- Steve Harvey. Okay, so Steve Harvey. 
you got to, anybody listening, look up Steve Harvey, Google that thing where he tells his story about how he lived out of his car and he got the opportunity at the Apollo and he had to figure out how to get 300. So this $300 just to like fly from Florida. So this is what I'm telling you, Tay, as you tell your story, I just had to, I had to write this down. When you have the, the desire that's strong enough, and obviously you had it, then the certainty is there. And when there's certainty, there's guaranteed success. But creating certainty is not that easy. You, you have to have that desire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you have to first, you know, I had to talk to myself from the beginning. And one thing I realized, and it was something simple. Someone had told me, I, I, I had witnessed somebody say something years ago that always have stuck with me. And they were trying to do something and someone had doubted them. And they said, well, no, I can do anything. Something so simple, so, so simple. But what I applied, what I took from it was, no, I can really do anything. Anything that you could think of, I know that I can do it. I firmly believe I could have become anything that I wanted to become in this world. I just chose this. So if I, if I wanted to leave and go practice law, I know that I can do it. If I want to become a, a doctor, I know for a fact I can do it. As long as I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It's like it's, you just have to catch up to it. So it's that that's my mindset. And I look for people that have that same type of mindset. And it's it's more of the the idea of manifestation. Like I will visualize, you know, what I want to do at what time span that I want to do it. And if it's not exactly there, it's in proximity of of when I said it, it was it was gonna happen. You know, if it's if it's certain things that I want or if it's certain goals that I'm trying to meet in this entertainment business, okay, I'm gonna be here within such and such amount of years. This is gonna happen. I'm telling you it's gonna happen. Like I'm guaranteeing you it's gonna happen because I've already seen it. We're gonna come back to your story because I wanna I want to go through the connecting of the dots, but I wanted to ask you, so with that with that in mind, when you see an actor in like a showcase or anywhere, like in other words, what happens for you where you go like, I want to work with that person? What is it? You know what? A lot of times I can I can tell right away. It's, it's hard to describe, but I always say whenever you see an actor perform, whether it's in person or on, t- on tape, and it gives you a overwhelming, haunting feeling, then you know that that's the one. Like they're, they're going to they're gonna work. You know, are they going to be a big time celebrity? That's up to fate. Can you give us a story in the last two years of someone you saw that, you know, you, you it happened to you? Let's hear. Absolutely. So even even uh, from, you know, doing a showcases with, with you guys, everyone that I've selected, I guarantee they have booked within the first two months of us signing them. And most of the time it happens within the first month. And, and what would you say is the is the ingredient? What, what, why did, why does that happen? I don't know. I think it's their, their personal desire, and me kind of seeing it. You know, once I see them there, and I go back and I have a follow up conversation with them, I, I dig a little bit deeper. You know, I know some agents may look. Oh, let me see your resume. Let me see your headshot. That's not doing nothing for me. So I'll get on here and I'll I'll, I'll ask Brian. Tell me, you know, where did you grow up? Tell me about you growing up. Did you have a happy childhood? Did you not have a happy childhood? Was it rough? Was it easy? Like, what, 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 what was it? You know, did you always desire to do this or did you desire to do something else? So I ask all these questions because I think that, you know, actors, a lot of times they're, not all the time, but a lot of times they plan themselves in different variations for the most part. It's far few in between actors that are just like complete total opposite of what they are. 
in person. So a lot of times they just plan variations. Like you think of some of your 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 most skilled actors, and you see them in like their last ten movies. A lot of times it's going to be close to the same thing. I see it, you know, and I, I connect with the people on a, a different level. I go back, I kind of pick apart their their tapes. I ask them to send me tapes as well. I pick apart their mannerisms. You know, because I also have to put on the hat, not only as an agent, but okay, if I was a producer, if I was a director, would this work in here as well? You got to go to another level to find out, would this actually work? But no, I couldn't see this on TV, or maybe I could. So a lot of that stuff gives me the extra edge of, you know, I guess, knowing how to deal with somebody. You know, if you have a person that is just deadpan, you're not going to put them in for the overly quirky role. It's just, if they're naturally deadpan, it's just not going to work. So you kind of have to play into their, their strengths at the same time. And one of my favorite, just pers- like, you know, just seeing you at the showcases is right before when Tay goes, hey, I signed this guy, you know, from the last trip and he's a recurring now. And I, it's like, it's such a, you know, it gives me the energy to power through the next four hours of the showcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. Like, I, like it's, it's, it never fails. Like, I'm very selective on who we bring in, but I will, I think I told you this before, Brian, you guys have a great filtering process because everybody is good. So a lot of times it's more so not even who's good, who's not. It's like, what are we lacking in our roster that we need to fill? Because we know that they're going to work. But then I can see that extra edge with somebody that's in that category. And then I apply it and it, it, you know, it it works. Like, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I, I really don't believe anybody has gone the first two months without booking. That's incredible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and one more, I always like to tell the story because since we we said like, what do you notice? I remember it was a little bit more more than two years ago, but I remember this young lady walking into our office, and she was just like, "I am." She look, it was it was summertime, it might have been spring, but I think it was summertime. She came in in this mink coat. I know she was burning <laughs> up. Like like the celebrity that she is, she may have had like one one credit on her resume and I was sitting and talking, she was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. It was like, it's no wiggle room in between. Did she have an and appointment? I, she had an appointment. She had an appointment. I saw her tape and I was like, wow. Yeah. So I, we, we brought her in. And when she came in, she just, this is one of those cases. These is one of these rare cases. So she came in and she was like, I'm going to do this. I'm sitting there thinking, I know that you're burning up right now, but you're like this celebrity, you know, in your own mind. <laughs> and so you got to play the part. And, you know, when she left after that con- that meeting, me and Chris, I looked at Chris and I said, she's, she's, she's going to have a quick trajectory. She's going to be a celebrity within the next year or two. We're going to do that for her. I said, but she is going to blossom and it's going to happen quickly, which is you can count on your hand how many times it happens at that speed. And, you know, now she's Madison Bailey of Outer Banks and all of this other stuff. And we, we got we got her that, but it, it was just back to back to back. We have booked her on like five things, back to back to back, test deals right out the gate. And it just so happened that she got Outer Banks out of the, all, like three three uh, series regular test deals. And Amazing. Wow. There it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So it happens like that. <laughs> As you're telling this story, he's going to kill me. But I have to tell you, Tay, you are a God man. You have the light all over you. You grew up with 
with uh, oh, a church or something, right? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I can tell. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, it's it's unbelievable. No, you're very spiritual. Man, I, thank you. Thank you for noticing. No, you can yeah. just tell. You, you, you've got a light. So I want to go back to your story because it's so inspiring for others to hear because it's a totally different path. So you were in the music business. Your dad did it. You're like in your early 20s now. What's going on? Well, I'm trying to connect the dots. Well, you mean... <laughs> You mean back no, no, no. then? Yeah, back then. Yeah, so like, all right, so like you're hustling. Uh, did you find an artist? Like what happens? Yeah, so I actually grabbed my first recording artist from school. Was in, in high school and I would see rappers, like in lunch, at, at, at lunch. There were rappers in the corner, not eating. They'd be at lunch, they're not eating. They're, one is beating on the table, the other one is rapping. It's a few of them. And I was look at them like, hey, you're not good. You're not good, but you're special. (laughs) (laughs) And then you would have another corner over on the other end of the singers. And again, you can't sing. You can't sing, but you actually can. So it was was putting the piece together. So I I would finally went over to him. I was like, hey, my dad is in the music business. We have a recording studio. Will will you come? They were looking at me because I was new because I had just moved from Baltimore to North Carolina. And they were looking at me like, I don't know who you are. I'm not coming to no recording studio. (laughs) (laughs) And so I kept asking and asking and asking. And they we really had a full-fledged recording studio, like big mixing board, soundproof booth, everything. And when they finally, uh, one of the artists finally got there, he was like, Oh man, you weren't kidding. Like, no, I wasn't. And we've had we had success. We had quick success deals that were in the process, but then the interest, you know, his life kind of went a different way. And then that's when mine picked up towards that. But the journey up until that point was incredible. I think it 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 geared me up for everything to encounter, just how to deal with artists, you know, going on college tours and things like that. I am trying to get them shows, you know, learning, you know, this is my rejection from the business. So we, you know, actors get rejected every day. So then I was on the side of being a manager. I feel passionate about my recording now because I know this person is gifted. Like, there's just no, no doubt about it. People telling me, no, you know, they're not going to play your song on the radio. They're not going to let him open up for this person. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, what is wrong with these people? But then we started being persistent and getting the yes. So I learned how to fight through that, you know, learn how to expect the no, but fight further for the yes. So all that stuff kind of molded me. And, and, and artists have a personality about them. And it's hard. It's hard hearing no. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you when you know internally that you're great and you hear people tell you no and you're looking at them like you're crazy. Like, do you know who I am? Like, do you like, and you're the artist, like, do you know what I'm going to do? You know? So I, I, I understand that. Like some people, they know that they are great. They're, they're here for a, a different purpose, a higher purpose. And I've, I've encountered those people and it helps me deal with like the actors today because they, you know, artists are going to be artists at the end of the day. I want to continue the, the story okay. and get to Atlanta Sorry. from like the, <laughs> okay. So you, you take these guys, yeah. uh, you know, they, they have a, they have a degree of success, right? Yes. Okay, so so now you're so, so are you like, hey, I'm staying in the uh, in the music business, or I'm thinking about going to work for like for instance, for for a short term 
I tempted ICM in the music business. So yeah. did you think about like going to like a company like a like a you know? No, no. I thought about merge. My whole goal was to merge with a bigger record company because I had had my own, and we call them record companies, but technically they're just production companies because all, all a record company is is a bank. To be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I had attorney. Uh, one of my attorneys told me that years ago. They were like, "No, you want a production entity. You don't want a, an actual record company at this state because that's all they are. It's just a bank. It's a face in a bank. That's all they are." But yeah, no, they. You know, that was my whole goal was to be placed and, and get a sub deal under a, a, a major. And so I was working aggressively to fulfill that and doing everything I possibly could. It's, and again, that's where I ran into my business partner Chris because he'd already accomplished that. He had already had major deals before, you know, for recording artists with major record companies. And I, like I said, a lot of his 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 writers, not even the artists, his writers had, you know, Grammys, you know, so they were highly successful. So I was just gleaning all the information from him that I possibly could. But yeah, you know, it it was a lot of sacrifice. I'll 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 go back to that. It was it was times to where when I was living in North Carolina and I knew I had because at, Atlanta was just booming in the music business. They were like where everything was coming out of. You had to be in Atlanta. It's from where I used to live at in North Carolina. It was a six to a six and a half hour drive. We would literally, I would literally, and this is when like I was depleting all of my funds. I would yeah, I was literally- say, where, where are the funds coming from? <laughs> once I, once I, I ran through, I, I had a regular job at once. And then if they would, if they would, cause I was, I was the nice person. So they would, even though, you know, a record company or production company is supposed to recoup. They would they would go and do a show. I just put thousands into your CD to to get them pressed up and released. But you would go through a show. I would give you all the money. It's still, I just whatever. Yes. So I, and I, hey, I, this is this is BC, right? Before yes, Chris, yeah. before yeah. Chris. Okay, absolutely. It was right there before, and then merging into meeting him. Okay, and, how did you meet um, him? It, it was through my, it was, it was years prior, briefly through my dad. My dad had a relationship with another producer and he said, Hey, I'm working down here with this guy named Chris Young. He is tearing up the music scene down here in Atlanta. Everybody is trying to get to him. He's gotten this person to deal, this person to deal, and this person to deal. We need to get in contact. So we came down, had brief interaction with Chris. And then kind of went back to North Carolina and didn't really manifest in anything for my dad at that point. But I, I kept on, you know, two years later, I remembered who he was. And so I kept pestering him like, hey, I know what you can do. I have these people that are good. You need to go ahead and, and take, take notice to them. So I would drive like on no money. I would, I would go and like use like a debit card as credit for like uh, a tank of gas and I would drive literally six and a half hours for a 30 minute meeting in Georgia and turn right back around and go back. Those were the things that I was doing because I was like, I want this. I am going to make this happen regardless. So it was a lot of sleepless nights and on the road and, you know, short meetings that actually turned into something. It may not have turned into something long-term for the recording artist, but it looked like it turned into something long-term for me. Did he say to you one day, okay, I want you to come work with me? Yeah, he, he was. He said that, you know, you are extremely hungry and you have an eye for talent. Like, I, you kind of remind me of myself. And at the time, I was like, yeah, you know, I, 
you know, this music thing is 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 going downhill right now. Like it's 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 not looking good. You know, nobody is really selling albums anymore. It's just not looking the same. He was like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Ironically, he was going to Los Angeles for a few weeks for a couple of months for pilot season. He had a relationship with an agency here in in Atlanta. Actually, it was J. Purvis Talent Agency. And he had a few other relationships with agents in L.A. So he took the music people, brought me in. You know, I guess you can say I was I was back at home, but helping out. And yeah, so we just made it happen. He went down there and I said, well, what are you doing down there? He was telling me like how long he was going to be down there. What was the plan? I jumped on a plane. Like that was a Wednesday that he told me. And by Friday, I was on a plane down there. One of the, Atlanta. The, this, this was to Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Oh, one whoa! So the, you went to Los Angeles? The, yeah, one of one of the uh, the actors that we had first week got a national commercial. The second one tested for series regular on Nickelodeon. They didn't want him for the series regular after he tested for it, but they actually brought him in for a heavy recurring guest star because his his profile matched more of the character they did. But they for the the other project. They shot a few episodes, but the the pilot didn't go beyond five. Um, the, the series didn't go beyond five uh, episodes, so it kind of tanked after that. But so you're you're in Los Angeles, but how how did it fuse from that you remember from music to like you're then segueing it to acting? Just because all of a sudden he said, "Hey, I'm going to go to LA." To but how did that happen? I was going with the flow. To be honest with you, I was not limiting myself. I was going with the flow. I had a feeling that they were both going to be connected at some point. And I knew I had an eye for talent. I trusted Chris enough as well, too, based off of the relationship that we were building, his eye for it, his success. I was like, okay, I'm trusting him. You know, I can probably get, you know, the recording artist, even that I have, onto this trajectory as well. But we were just working, working together, two people with the same, the same vision. And that's how we found that that unique combination with each other. Was that realized when you were in Los Angeles together? It picked up more. I knew it before because that's what made me get on the plane. But it picked up more, you know, once I was in Los Angeles, we we spent a lot of time. It, it was it was almost like we created, I don't know, an artist's house. Like everyone was in there. You you know, just think you have like five five or six actors and artists. Most of them dance. Some of them sing. Some of them rap. They all acting. One that might be doing backflips in the living room. The other ones there, they in the other room singing. The other ones over here dancing. And it's just like this big, you know, conglomerate that's just happening all under one roof. And it just felt artistic. You felt the energy and all of them became successful. So it, it was just it was just an amazing feeling that you know only happens once in a lifetime. You fly to Los Angeles, you're with Chris. Where are you guys staying and how long do you stay in Los Angeles till you head back to Atlanta? All of them were staying in Chris's god sister and god mom's house there. Everybody took Yeah, they they took up so much space in there. I had to go, I was back and forth through a hotel because it was just no everybody had took took up too much space. I was like, oh my goodness, this is not enough room. So I was in a in a hotel and, and with a buddy. So it was just like back and forth, back and forth. And then finally I went back to North Carolina. They stayed out there maybe a 
one or two weeks beyond what I stayed out there for. I don't know. I, you know, I, when I came back a few months later, I made a couple of trips to Atlanta. And then I, I realized that, you know, it would be easier for me to move there versus every time I need to go take a meeting, I need to drive six and a half hours. The fact that you even got on a plane to go to LA in the first place, it seems like it seemed like when you got on the plane to uh, meet Chris, it's like you you guys had only had a few initial meetings. It wasn't like you guys were, you know, to, so that that was a huge leap of faith on your end too. And it panned out. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a risk. In a way, it was a risk, and it and it, it yeah paid off. yeah. Because I look back at, it, I was like, man, yeah, that was a that was a big risk. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, I know it's the right thing, and but you know, it's 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 unconventional, and it could be an idiot thing, but it actually you know pays off. But there's a parallel to that, and and you saying to an actor, you know, hey, you in the next couple months, we're going to get you whatever you're saying, uh, guest star. Because you know you have the faith and you have the commitment. Absolutely. And the, you would never have gotten involved with Chris to go to L.A. for you, hearing your story, if you didn't 100% believe he was your man. Absolutely. So I, like I said, I was, was slowly building that relationship. I was seeing how, how he was moving throughout his personal life and, his, and the industry. And it made sense. And like I said, we kind of mirrored each other because it reminded me of myself. And he said, you know, the same thing. So it, it just it just made sense. It's one of the things to where it was just meant to happen. Nobody does special programs like one-on-one next level. It's where we really help actors shine. I'm Emilio. I signed with my Southeast agent right after the Atlanta trip, and now I'm auditioning several times every month. And you know, I almost didn't do the Atlanta trip because I thought it was just another cash grab. I can tell you from experience that it's not. That's not how one-on-one next level rolls. And here we are six months later, and I already booked my first job with my Atlanta agent. I'm Rebecca, and the Bridge program demystified the industry for me. It gave me the platform to get off book in under 10 minutes. I met 60 new artists that are now all a part of my community, and I even signed with a manager. I have never walked away from a program so confident in my abilities. I'm so grateful for one-on-one next level. My name is Capenna, and I can finally call myself a working actor after participating in the LA Super Showcase. I had just moved to LA and I felt stuck. I came across the LA Super Showcase and let me tell you, it was a life-changing experience. I signed with an agent and since then, I've been auditioning for series regulars and booked my first TV job. I finally feel like I made it to the next level, thanks to one-on-one next level. In the next 12 months, One-on-One Next Level will host 27 special programs bringing you unmatched, exclusive access to industry connections. Special programs aren't just a one-and-done class. Instead, they're designed to accomplish in a weekend what it takes most actors months, even years to do. So whether you want to get repped in a smaller market like Atlanta, bypass casting directors and connect directly with TV showrunners and decision makers, or spend a weekend meeting a bunch of musical theater industry professionals in New York City, you have to become a member to be eligible to sign up for our special program. To apply, go to www.1on1nextlevel.com. We can't wait to hear your success story. What year did you move to Atlanta? What was the year? I moved to Atlanta, I believe, in, oh man, was it 2016, I officially moved. The end of 15, going going into 16, I officially moved. Yeah. Other than that, I was coming just back and forth, back and forth. And then I was like, nah, we're not doing this no more. So you moved and that was that, 
so to you know start your position at Jay Purvis? Yep. Yeah, I was okay. I was working I was working at Jay Purvis remotely from North Carolina for for a few years. Oh, but every okay. yeah, so every time a meeting would come that was important, I was in the car driving the six and a half hours, and I was like, no, this is not about to no. So I, I I left and I I literally packed a small bag, and I think at that time I, I had like a hundred dollars in my account. I had an aunt that lived here, so I can't. I said I just need to stay on on your couch or something for a few months. She said I have a spare room. Just pay the minimum for for rent, and we'll figure it out. I did that for a few months. Started getting a ton of bookings after that, so my money grew, <laughs> and so <laughs> I I then I then you know was able to get up and move out. But I've been here ever since. But I really started literally from the bottom. So while you're at Jay Purvis, are you on the side working with Chris? Yeah. So when we, we were there, we were actually brought in. So we came in at a very unique time. So Jay Purvis was already thriving. They were about to open a Los Angeles division, not a Los Angeles office, but an actual division from Atlanta. And they said, we, we know that you've been kind of, you know, wanting to transition out of management. Would you be willing to do this? Because they had seen, you know, we had placed someone over there that was a series regular and everybody else that we had placed over there, they were working. So they were like, okay, mm-hmm. you might know something. Right, <laughs> so, <right. laughs> so we, uh, <laughs> so we, um, we went in there, had no idea what we were doing as far as the agent inside. We weren't taught how to do it. We kind of just learned on the go. And we just always made a commitment to, you know, if we make a mistake, never make the same mistake twice. And it kind of just, you know, kind of built and and took off from there. But me and Chris, we just built our own roster there out of Los Angeles and it became to where it was working. So then obviously actors talk. So that actor knows someone that's in Atlanta, that actor knows someone that's in New York. So now they all want us to rep them. So then it went from us just having the Los Angeles branch to now we are able to do Los Angeles, New York, and also Atlanta. So it just grew from there. Wow. I mean, I didn't realize that Chris was also at Jay Purvis. So he had been there, you know, maybe a few years yeah. before you. Yeah he, knew, he, 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 yeah, he knew them before me. He actually brought me into the fold with them because he, he knew the owner, Joy, a few years before. And, you know, he brought people to them. And then together we brought talent to them that were just working. Eventually, you guys branched off and you know created your own thing. Like, how did yeah. that must have been a big risk in your mind? Because you know you were like with a like with an agency. Like you were, you were like you know people were booking. You know, like you were making you know uh, like yeah. funds were coming in, and it, it's kind it, of like a huge leap of faith. It was because it wasn't it wasn't planned. Like we literally were were let go. We were fired. We were fired. <laughs> so once we were fired, it was what, like, what oh. would you say was the reason? What, what, what did they say you were fired? What, what was the reasoning? They said they were making some changes. They were even moving offices, and they did. They moved offices, and they said that you know we just can't afford you. That's that's what they that's what they said. If, is that the real reason? Who knows? We never know. <laughs> you know what? So, so uh, yeah, continue. <laughs> so so you know we we were like you know what are we gonna do? And we were like okay. Just take a breath and let's just start. Because we had no desire from the beginning, especially like that quick way at all to run our own agency. But we picked up the pieces and, you know, kind of moved pretty quickly and just made it happen. 
and was able to run through the processes and, and, and get it done a little bit quicker than the average person. So as, as distraught as you must have been when you, you know, no one likes to be fired. I don't care what anybody says, right? right? But right. it was the biggest gift you, you could have gotten. It was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. 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 So I, I wasn't complaining. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was the weirdest thing. I don't know. But I, I knew it was about to happen. I knew when, oh, you know, can you guys come in here for a second for a quick meeting? They say that all the time. But I knew right then I said, hey, Chris, you know, this, this is about to be it. He said, what? <laughs> and literally, guillotine <laughs> 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 is coming. <laughs> right. And literally, it, it was it. And they said they had to downsize. And they went to, they, they let that office go and they went to another office building. And yeah, so that was a whole thing. So yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I knew it was coming. And he, to this day, he said, how did you know? I, I don't know. I just, I just, I felt it. I felt it. Felt so it when coming. the dust settled, you know, after the, the guillotine came, um, yeah. you know, you could have many, you could have gone to another agency. You could have like, what made you want to start we, your own thing? We, we had offers from other agencies that were asking to come in and, and work with them. But the first thing that popped in my mind is you can't get fired if you own the company. Good for you. And you had Chris, which was such a gift. When you right. find somebody that you have that synergy with, it's a yeah, gift. Absolutely. And we were like, we, we're thinking on the same wavelength. And again, I will always say you cannot get fired and when you own the company. So never happening again. So <laughs> we just made that work. But yeah, it, it was it was quick. Like I said, it was the best thing that ever happened. It really didn't, it felt like we only between us getting let go and us starting our own company and actually it, you know, working, it, it was like maybe a, a three months in between. It was quick because it doesn't usually happen that that quick. We knew what to do. We knew what, what it took to run an agency. We had the relationships and it just worked. Uh, yeah. I think you guys had a really like meteoric rise because I'm trying to remember how we got connected. I think it was, was it a referral from someone that, that had probably mentioned us to you guys? It may, I, I honestly, I cannot remember. I, I felt like I, I've known you guys for forever. I just don't remember. <laughs> I think it was one of your clients uh, from Atlanta who was taking classes at our LA studio. I was talking to her. I think it was Quadulant. Quadulant oh, Brian. Buddy. Yeah, absolutely. That's my buddy. Yeah. 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 And then I think she, it was. And then she, it was. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then, no. and then I was like so excited. I was like, wow, there's this new agency that we have, you know, uh, coming on our program. And then like, I think within like a few months, it's like everyone was like, oh yeah, that's Tay and Chris. And, you know, I think you guys were called something else back then or, or something like, uh, it was a different yeah. name. Look, we hit, we hit the ground running. I, you know, I, I will say we had a little bit of an advantage because we knew what to do and we already knew how the inner workings of an agency worked, you know? So it wasn't like we were coming in you know, with just this idea of running an agency and we have to kind of find our way. We knew exactly what to do. And we had all like, so me and Chris were the ones where, because we weren't taught what to do, we were doing things that, you know, the average agent in the Southeast was not doing. Let me say that. So we were, you know, getting bookings and we, we're going to set. We're sitting there, we're talking to the producer, the casting director shows up, we talk to the casting director. We're sitting there on our phones doing pitches, you know, while we're sitting on set. Hey, you should see this person. You should see this person. So we're doing this and we were implementing certain things that made us stand out to casting directors from the beginning to make us like them. But here's the thing, you know, that saying you, your story, it's, it's easier for, probably for me to see than even you because you were at the right place at the right time. And let me tell you something too. Had you and Chris 
but in LA or New York, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but there's no way you have that escalation, what Brian was talking about, how you just propelled so quickly in Atlanta because you you were not only at the right place at the right time, you were the you were in a small pond and became a big fish real quick. So, so everything is all about timing. Like I, I can't yeah. control it, you know. It's well, the, you can I, control it. The desire is the thing that started it all. Yeah, it it, it is. Like I I I couldn't time it well, but I, I knew I, I'm just going with the feeling. You know, I knew what I what I what I ultimately wanted to do, and I was just going with with the flow of things and the feeling of what was right, what was wrong, and when I felt as though it was time to leave, whether it's leave the music business, you know, or hey, you know, we just got to let go, let's go ahead and do this, whatever it was, everything just panned out to be the perfect time. That's why I knew it was just meant to be. So I don't question, I don't question too many things. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person where if I if I go to McDonald's and they give me the wrong order, I'm not going to question it because you might have saved me from something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to tell you something, Tay. Like Atlanta to me is like, unlike New York and L.A., it's 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 just growing and growing. Like these these two other cities have been here for a long time. Atlanta, you know, 20 years ago, let's just say hardly existed. Right. But like. You're right. But like it's growing by the day. And you 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 came at the right time, 2016. I, oh my gosh. I came at the right time and in the right place. And I will I, I will say this. We we've been taking some meetings with some pretty powerful people here over the past two to three months. And just be prepared to what's gonna happen over the next five to ten years. It's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, the small pond is gonna be an ocean. One hundred percent. Yeah. They're already putting things in place, even down to, you know, it, it's, it gets so deep that, you know, it's even politics, like literal politicians involved and things like that. So we we'll, we have meetings with politicians because they are the source to a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we just think it outside of the box and trying to grow it and not we're not here trying to, you know, take over. We're just trying to say it's, it's its own hub. Everyone has their own. LA has their own hub. New York has their own hub. Chicago and Atlanta, they have their own their own hub. Australia have has their own hub and the UK has their own. So we just trying to be in the mix. Yeah, but Atlanta is a right to work state, which really opens a lot of it's, doors. Uh, a ton of doors. And you cannot get rid of these tax incentives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very unique. Like I like I said, it's everything was meant to be. But I, I couldn't I couldn't write it better, you know, my story, uh, the way that it happened. I couldn't write it better. So Tay, I feel like just listening to how you started with, you know, like you working 24-7 and you know, I, I feel like it's a recurring theme because I know I know you now and you still, you know, work fat yeah. hard and you still work nonstop. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just love to hear like what keep what keeps you going to like, you know, constantly, you know, putting in those hours and and really expanding. And it just sounds like, you know, it's almost like you, you clearly must love the work. Besides coffee, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's it's um, I'm always thinking about, you know, what's the next goal? Like I have a vision of how I want my life to run. I have oh. a vision of when it's all said and done, whether that's, you know, retirement or whether it's just, you know, you know, I'm gone. I want it to be I want to have accomplished a certain amount of things and specific things. I want to leave a certain legacy that that's going to you know, exceed far beyond, you know, me, but something that I planted the seed to. But that gives me simple things. What's one specific thing you 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 have? You, 
Oh man, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. <laughs> so I'd be giving away too much. Well, look, you don't look, have to. But there must be something else that you don't have got, to worry we, about. Oh, no, absolutely. We we have I have some plans, and, and 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 when the announcements and everything comes over a course of time, you know what. We'll, 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 we'll make not sure that you're the first to know. You, you seem to be a type of person when you're not here anymore, you want to leave something. What's like something else you want to leave? It's involving what we're thinking about doing now, okay. you know, moving, moving to the next level, creating jobs. I'll, I'll say that as well too, because even as, as Asianton, you know, it's, it's different levels to Asianton. I, I will definitely say that. And, you know, I'm always wanting to just, I love the actors so much, you know, they, some of them, you know, they can be a headache at times. I love them so much that sometimes I see the ones that do have the desire and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm not booking at the rate. Oh, I should have gotten that. I want to James. okay, I think you should have gotten that too. How about we, we create the power that be to be able to place you in that, you know, so that you don't have to go through the long process to where you might get overlooked or you keep getting told no, when I know that you're gifted, I know if you were on that screen doing that role, there wouldn't be any hiccups in the performance, you know? So how can I put myself in a place to where you don't have to hear the words? No, we can just make it happen. Tay, you know what, you know, what's interesting. You're, you're, and we're not going to go into what you're thinking, but here's the thing. Okay. You take how real estate is changing. For instance, used to have a broker and they would take you on the tour of the place and they would say, there's the kitchen. And I would say to myself, oh, thanks for letting me know where the kitchen is. <laughs> but, then, but then slowly we're starting to see a transition that, hey, wait a second. We don't need the real estate bro- the agent or the broker. We can just go to the house or the apartment. There's a lockbox. We can look at it ourselves. And now, so things change and your your head is going into a place of going yeah, with the change. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I, I think future first. Uh, it's rare that I think about the present. I'm always thinking future first. Like, what is it going to look like, you know, five or 10 years from now? How is the industry going to look? What is it really going to be doing? And I kind of see and I know where I want to be. And me and Chris had these these discussions. So how can we make that happen to where we can kind of structure? Because I already feel as though we're on the ground floor, just like you were just saying, with this whole Atlanta boom in this industry. We're on the ground floor of something that is majorly historic that never been done at this pace before. And I feel as though that we're, we're pivotal toward it. I, I, and because I, I can see the work. I can see us changing lives. I can see us, you know, pl- I, we had talked to, it's a casting director and it's a production entity here. And we had, we would go through the attorney their, their legal services every once in a while, like when the, the, the contracts would come over. And so we were doing such a good job that years down the line, that attorney would come to us and like, hey, I have a niece that wants to be an actor. You know, you know, could you take a look at them? But one thing that she had said that I didn't realize, because we're just doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. She said, do you realize that you book 60% of everything that comes to this, this studio? I didn't realize that. So I knew that we were doing well. I knew that, you know, project for this casting director or for this production entity will come across to where, you know, you might see one booking come. They might send you an offer for one booking, but we would have five or six in one day from that, that same project. So I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of getting in the swing of things. But she, she told us that, um, yeah, you book 60% of everything that they do. So it kind of uh, let us know how we were doing because we really didn't know those numbers. 
I like to ask this question just because I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are actors and they sometimes, you know, actors, like they think they have a tunnel yeah. vision. They think it's only them that, you know, has a struggle. And if they encounter a casting assistant who's like grumpy, it's like, you know, they take it personally. <laughs> or, or what we've tried to, you know, enlighten them because we've had, you know, we have casting directors and producers and writers and other mm-hmm. managers that, you know, we've invited for the podcast is kind of show. It's like, hey, everyone in this industry has their own, like, you know, day-to-day, you know, struggle. Uh, I, I kind of just want to know, like, in your job, and I think, you know, our staff, like I think in a previous interview, you've said being a representative is like a 24-7 job. What are the struggles? Like, what do you kind of, uh, uh, you know, struggle with, you know, in your well, day-to-day? Well, well, thank you for asking. And I'm, I'm going to tell you because I've been implementing these. <laughs> so it's the constant pulling, you know, from actors, managers, you can say, and then also, you know, casting directors. I don't mind the casting directors because we're gonna we're gonna get the deal closed. But it's some of some of the <laughs> actors that's constantly pulling at like the oddest times, and so I so what I had to do is really take a step. What the definition of pulling? Like what what's pulling? Calling you for every little thing. Gotcha. That's insi- yeah. That, that's insignificant. What like, color really should I wear? Yeah. 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 Literally, you know, call <laughs> it like I, a per- perfect example. Perfect example is this past this past weekend I was in San Francisco. And an actor called me, and they, keep in mind they are they they are in Atlanta, so Atlanta time it was eleven o'clock at night. They they calling me to tell me that they uploaded their audition. I didn't answer the phone. I didn't answer the phone. I did answer the phone, but they left they left it on on the voicemail and sent me a text just let you know I, up, I uploaded the audition. Why are you calling me and telling me that? So I'm accessible. I'm accessible. So it's it's stuff like that. You know, to where again, it was the weekend. So, what I've been working on for the past year, and I'm going to implement it throughout, is I've been trying to set up barriers to, to where I can do more self care. Uh-huh. And I know the type of person I am, at some point, I need breaks in between. Whether it's number one, I implement, I, I'll go into a personal retreat, I'll go take a, a, a weekend or so vacation with an extended day. So, whether it's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday of a holiday. And I'll go to a secluded area just to be by myself. You know, I, I flew to Arizona not too long ago just to be alone. But also the, the biggest thing was I made a commitment to myself that unless it's an emergency on the weekend, I'm not answering. Mm-hmm. It has to be, it has to be an emergency. If it's an emergency, because my, my phone is going to be on do not disturb. So unless it's an emergency, like it's like, between, you know, you're already on on set or something, or you really, really need something, it's not involving your headshot. It's not you texting me saying, could you take a look at my audition? Because I, I want you to see if the, if the lighting is good. You know, I give you my time Monday through Friday. Let me have these two days. So yep. I've been working, I've been working on that moving forward. And it's really been helping because you got to figure. So if you didn't implement those, you know, pandemic aside, an agent literally gets about two weeks of vacation throughout the entire year. And that's around the Christmas time going into New Year's. That is it. Other than that, it's literally all the time. I get calls at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, closing deals literally at one o'clock in the morning, midnight, 11, all of that. And it's nonstop. The phone is going off. I mean, 
you probably heard the phone go off three times since I've been sitting here talking to you guys. So it's just, you got to set up barriers. You know, you know, I'm not going to lose a deal. I'm not going to lose any money, but it has to make sense for you to be reaching out, you know, at midnight and you're the actor or over the weekend and you're the actor. So it needs to make sense. So I had to put up those barriers for self-care. I'm glad you're implementing that because I remember uh, we talked over, you know, dinner about this and I was like, I need to do the same thing. This is why I need to get out like, you know, for right, you know, once a month. Otherwise I go crazy. (laughs) Take your time. Even if it's just a weekend vacation, places you've never been, cabin, uh, if you like to go by water, water to feel peace. If you like to go to a meditation retreat, hiking, Whatever it is, downtown Baltimore. (laughs) Never, never. (laughs) It's just the change of scenery for me too. Because otherwise, I'm like, is my life just like answering people's calls and emails and all these crazy like you know things? That's what it feels like. So I have you have to break up the monotony of that, you know, from time to time. Like, no, I'm I'm a little bit more than that. Let me let me let me work on myself. Exactly. But. To answer your question, never moving back to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people always people always ask me like, Brian, why do you like to like di- like eat by yourself? Because I love solo dining and just like you know having like a nice dinner. I go, <laughs> you don't understand. This is the only time like during the day when I can hear my own thoughts. Like <laughs> the otherwise the entire day, like listening to other, it's like being yelled at, like all this other crap. You sound like me. Like I was literally, when I, when I flew out, I was literally just there by myself eating in a restaurant and I was at peace. It was just, it was, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Tay, I knew you and I were like, whatever, we're going to be friends. When we had dinner in Atlanta, I can't remember, was it last year or a few months ago, yeah. whatever it was. And you know they were like, "Hey, do you want you want drinks?" And then you ordered blueberry juice, and I was like, "Oh, you don't drink either." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not drink. I do not drink. Yes, no, same here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's a lot. It, it, the industry weighs on you a lot, but it's so rewarding. You know, it's 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 really rewarding. A lot of these people have have helped me achieve my dreams, and in return, I can see where I helped them achieve theirs. I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at one one of our, our actors, and like, oh, I want to give you my my new address. And I looked at the the home; it was like a two point five million dollar home. I was like, oh, okay, we've done very well for you. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, well, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but I, I love it. I, I wouldn't turn it down for just the business in in its entirety. You know, I wouldn't be doing anything else. Great. Well, Tay, you are unbelievable. This, I mean, this time has flown by. Tay. I know. It's like we could have talked for you know more, more hours, but I know you have to like get some sleep after your you know whirlwind trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try to drink a little bit more coffee and get a little bit later in the day and and see what we can do. But yeah, no. I, look, I really enjoyed. Look, I have stories for days, so sometimes you have to tell me to shut up. But I enjoy talking. I enjoy chatting with you guys. Like I, I really do love you guys and everything that you guys have have have, have what you've done and what you've built. 30 years. It's just a base. And like I say, it's a clear difference from uh, where I go to where I've stopped going to others. I really have. I really have. So I I really applaud you guys for just just putting the best people forward because it makes our job a whole lot easier. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the Backstage Pass. You've got to get the Backstage Pass. There's behind-the-scenes footage. We've taken the biggest takeaways from the episode and written them down for you. There's also tools and resources to help move your career forward. It's the easiest way to turn this podcast into a tool for your career as opposed to something you just listen to as you're doing the dishes. 